everything that we do, the technology that DMG Mori add to their machines, it's massive. It's a whole new way of making things. For people that are making millions of components, it's a game changer. Welcome to the MTV Podcast. I'm Giovanni Alpines, hosting today's show, a passionate engineer and a very proud member of the MTV team. I'm really excited to be back at the UK headquarters of DMG Mori in Coventry, a billion pound global organisation and world leading supplier of machine tools, automation and technology. Together, we have embarked on a podcast journey looking at all aspects of the UK business and finding out what makes it so successful. And today we will be looking at turnkey solutions and applications. I have the pleasure to be joined by three special guests. Firstly, an ambassador for engineering, an industry leader and managing director of DMG Mori UK, Steve Finn. Welcome, Steve. Welcome yourself. <laughs> yeah, look, Steve, <laughs> great to see you again. And thank you uh, so much for having MTD back at this uh, fantastic uh, facility. It's, it's brilliant to be back. Thanks. Thanks. We also have the pleasure to be joined by Fred Short, Applications Manager at DMG Mooring. And according to your LinkedIn uh, profile, Fred, um, you've been with the company for over 18 years. Yes. Hello, Joe. Uh, just over 18 years, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to find out a little bit more about your journey. We're also joined by our very own Mark Dedman, uh, Director at MTD uh, CNC, uh, with a wealth of experience in the manufacturing industry. Cheers, Joe. It's always uh, good to see Steve. I've known Steve for a long, long time. And, uh, you know, as I say, um, the tea and the coffee is superb here, so it's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All served under COVID conditions, of course. It was an absolutely fabulous uh, cup of tea, I must admit, Steve. Um, very, very nice on, on, on our arrival. Um, and today I'm going I'm to start with you, Fred. You know, Fred, first time I've ever met you, first time I've met you today. It's been an absolute pleasure already talking to you prior to this particular uh, podcast. But can you just tell our audience a little bit about you, your journey with uh, DMG Mori, what got you into engineering, mm-hmm. um, and a little bit about the applications that you offer? Well, that's a fair bit to fit in. Um, Yeah, okay. Uh, 18 years at uh, Morisiki, as it was then. Um, Progressed on now to DMG Mori. Um, Started in Milton Keynes. Um, I've actually been to several different facilities while remaining at the same company. We moved down to Slough. We moved into Itachi's. At the, Glant- at the Glanty, we've worked out of Leicester, Birmingham, and now we've moved to this state-of-the-art facility. This is the best of the lot, I think. And it's just really tell, our audi- tell our audience, why did you get into engineering? What do you love about <laughs> it? Um, I like shiny stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, you get a, a, I get a satisfaction from making something or achieving something, especially if somebody's come to me with a problem and said, look, what do you think? To, to have some input and, and to see that input have an effect, is, it gives me a buzz. So you're, you are a problem solver by nature? I think so, yes. I'd Fred, like to think so. Pleasure. <laughs> I can't wait to kind of find okay. out a lot more about what you do at DMG Mori now. 
Steve, this is a, a journey that we're embar- um, embarking on together, shall I say. Um, and it's an absolute privilege for MTD to be part of this journey and to kind of really find out a little bit more about what makes this business tick um, and about the, you know, the behind the scenes of the business, really. Um, this is the third podcast now that we've produced together. Um, can you just kind of refresh our audience's memory in regards to why we're doing the podcasts um, together and what you're looking to achieve from them? Yeah, Gio, that's uh, really good to let our customers know who may not have listened to the previous podcast. But what's important to me is the operations. Um, We've got a product range now that is far exceeding the majority of our competitors. But it's how you actually put that position or put that component into the machine, how the machine works and how we support it. So that's really, really important. So what I wanted to talk about on these series of podcasts is our operations of our business. I want to be very transparent about it. I don't want customers to think that we do this and we do something else. There are lots of opportunities for levels of support that we've already spoken about, the free of charge service that we talked about last time with the uh, hotliners. And Fred will talk about something that he does later on, how we can support the customer base ongoing for the life of the machine. And, you know, marketing is a really interesting point because, you know, you guys do a lot of video work and I guess most of the video work, and we do it as well, is about what Fred mentioned, the shiny things, the nice shiny gleaming things. What I want to do is just look a little bit deeper under the the fabric of that and show the world what our company can do and be very transparent, as I said, about it. So we spoke last time on the service Previous time was on the spares, and today we're going to discuss the engineering support levels. One, one thing that interests me, Steve, uh, worldwide with DMG Moran, and I've had the privilege to be at uh, Fronton and some of the other factories, um, is that you, you work very closely as a collaboration uh, with customers. Uh, so what, what I'm quite interested in is how many standard machines do you sell against like application-led machines? Um, it's an interesting point, actually, because even the standard machines need care and attention and some detail put into them. Um, and some customers want various levels, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit, of, of engineering support, service support, sales support, all that kind of thing. But going back to your original question there, the, the customer is king. End of conversation. You know, and if people don't believe in that... They need to go back and have another review on it because it's the guys who pay your wages. It's about developing the relationship with those customers and proving to the customers that you can deliver, that they have a trusted source of supply that they can actually turn to at a time of need and that particular supplier, in, our, in, in this case us, can deliver. So it's, it's vitally important. You cannot have a big shiny piece of equipment and then you don't have somebody to actually install it correctly, train it correctly, um, fix it correctly, you know, advise on it correctly, maybe finance it correctly, and so on and so forth. So it is, it is really, really important. The operations of this business is really important, and it's all about customer focus. And what I would say, Mark, is if people think they are customer focused, have another look at themselves. And I'm amazed at the amount of people that are not customer-focused. It's so easy to say it, 
it's so difficult to do it. And I, I think that's testimony, isn't it? it? When you sell a DMG Mori machine to a new customer, it, it, it doesn't stop with that one machine. And, and I think that that just shows you the strength that you have in the team that you've got here and worldwide. Yeah, the, the, the team behind here sell the next machines, the service and the application and the spares and the accounts and the finance. They help sell the next machine. They're part of it. The sales guy is the most influential package always, you know, because he will actually drive that through and facilitate the, the operations. But the really nice thing is that all of those guys on the field have got the support of Andy that we spoke last time, Teresa, and today Fred. I mean, echoing what Mark said, really, I think that, you know, I'm seeing more and more uh, DMG Mori machines out in the field all the time at all levels of engineering facilities, you know, whether it's a small company or a very large OEM company. Um, and I love the fact, Steve, what you mentioned there, you know, customer is king at the end of the day. Now, Fred, you know, taking them... Um, comments on board how far do you go for your customer you know nowadays they're buying effectively the machine tool is the blank canvas Mm -hmm. but then everything around it is is what makes it tick and gets the most out of that machine tool so when can you give our audience you know when someone comes to you to buy a machine tool and then they give you certain components that they want to machine on that uh, uh, machine tool you know take us take our audience through the steps that you would go through with them Okay. Um, the first thing we do, obviously, is, is talk to them with the salesman to talk about the platform they need. Then we'll look at the components and make sure that the platform is correct and the options are there that they will need. And then what we'll do is we'll talk to the customer about how he currently makes it because he's got the experience of making those parts better than anybody else. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. We just need to find a better way of helping him to make them in the future. Uh, so it's working with the customer, it's making suggestions, it's looking at time studies, it's looking at work holding, it's looking at tooling, just discussing it with the customer. I mean, that's a really good point. And, and Mark mentioned it at the beginning of this podcast, collaboration, and, and that is absolute um, key. But when, when, when discussing some of these projects, I, I assume, you know, volumes come into play, the, the materials come into play when choosing the right machine tool, work holding and everything else. Yeah. Um, but the actual... Uh, project in itself does a customer come to you and say you know I just want to reduce my cost per part I want to reduce my operations I want to become more efficient do I want to put all them components on one machine instead of having them on several machines what are the kind of obstacles that you need to overcome as an applications manager at DMG Mori? Okay well first and foremost it is about listening to the customer and finding out what's important to him what is he looking for and you're right, there, there can be a many, many different reasons for buying a new, new machine. And some of it might be to uh, combine many different operations on one platform. Um, and where that's possible, we'll work with them. It's not always possible. Sometimes it's we can combine two or three, but then you still need a fourth. Um, so again, just talk, discuss, offer options. I think it's also important that the that the customer has a realistic view because mm. all of those things that you said there, um, Joe, actually the customer wants and probably in some shape or form does get it. 
but actually it looks about the priorities. What is the priority? The priority is actually reducing the operations, is a priority, get the cost down. You know, so what we have to do is then find a realistic angle to work with the customer because we want to make sure that he can deliver to his customer. Whether his customer is a big OEM or whether it's an OEM delivering to um, you know, another part of their business, they've got to deliver. We've got to actually sell something that's realistic. Yeah. Fred, I'd be quite interested to know, um, in reference to the salesperson coming to you uh, with, with a, a part from a, a customer, mm-hmm. that customer may have in his head, I'm going to have that machine. How many times does that machine actually change from the original based on you and your team's input? Okay, surprisingly little. It does change sometimes. But most times when they get to this level of, right, we're ready for the next step, they've gone through their own processes. They've looked at what they need. And in the UK, there's a really strong customer, ba- customer knowledge base. Um, and we don't, as I said earlier, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. The guy comes with an idea. It could be that we say, look, there's another alternative here. Have you thought about, instead of a horizontal with multi-loading that you look at an automated system maybe a five-axis machine with pallets and then they'll go away and think about it or potentially they might say no (laughs) but again it's having that conversation as they say knowledge is power I mean obviously Mm. you've got uh, you know how how many people in the application department and, and collectively how many years have you got of experience well we've got a team of 12 engineers working for me um and Average, I'd say, about 25, 30 years' experience for each of those engineers. Some have more, some have less. We've got a, um, quite a good balance of ages. We've got some young, young blood, if you like, uh, coming through. Some that we've trained ourselves, some that uh, we've acquired from industry, and some from competitors. We, we're always on the lookout for talent. If, um, if we find somebody that we think can add to the team, we'll look at bringing them on board as soon as possible. You've certainly got a wealth of experience in the UK and around the world, and I'm sure that you can tap into that experience from around the world too when, when necessary. Now, Steve, you, you mentioned prior to this podcast that you're doing live demonstrations at this fantastic facility, and effectively you're practising what you preach. You, you're proving the pudding, if you like. How important is that to instil confidence in potential customers? I think... You know, Joe, you can't buy anything in this world. Um, you want to have some quality information from the supplier, whether you're buying something, you know, expensive or, or relatively cheap. You know, you go into a supermarket and you want to understand why that particular product is, um, they're saying is good. Why is it good? What does it do for you? And those kind of things. So, I think that's really, really important to make sure that we portray the quality of our engineers uh, in the right way. So, the, for example, we're doing demonstrations over the next two weeks, four a day, uh, live demonstrations with um, bespoke to, to an individual customer on the new machine that we've had in the showroom, which is the CLX450TC, which is a multitasking machine, multitasking lathe type of thing. And Fred's guys are running that. So they're actually being fired questions at, you know, what does this do? What does that do? How much is that? What is that? How far can that go out? 
and they've got to have all the answers. They've got to know the product. There is no way they could do a live demonstration and then turn around and say, I'll come back to you on that one. Or um, let me have a look at the book. No, 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 you must know your stuff. You must know your onions. So, yeah. Um, and if anybody wants to watch one of these demonstrations, you can book it through Charlie Lucas, no problem at all. Well, that's, uh, I mean, with some of the machines you've got on the shop floor, Steve, I mean, that, that gives uh, a lot of customers a lot of options to prove, prove out. But uh, a question for Fred is that when we spoke to Andy about uh, service, uh, he was saying, look, you know, I can tap into, let's say, 6,000 service records worldwide to see if there's a problem, a specific problem with the machine. From an application point of view, can you tap into that sort of cloud knowledge at DMG Mori worldwide? Yes, we can. All departments can tap into that. Um, all digital service reports are stored online and we can access any of them to see if somebody's had a particular problem cutting a certain material, if they've got a certain technique that we can apply to a project that we're working on. The knowledge is out there. But the first thing we do is we look at the, the, the digital service report. We find out who it was that worked on it. Then it's a matter of email or for calling, depending on which country and time zone they're in. Fred, I want to move on to skill levels, but before mm. I do, you mentioned materials. A, a lot of your machines are very well renowned for rigidity. Yes. You know, how important and how important is that, you know, when, when looking at an application, to have that kind of knowledge that you know that it can cut any materials? Yeah, it's massive, really. It gives us the confidence to be able to push the tool and to achieve pretty much what the customer's looking for. Um, it's sometimes you have to be realistic. The tool can only go through the material at a certain pace. But we know whatever that limit is, it's the tool's limit, it's not the machine tool. So you know pretty, pretty confidently the capabilities of every machine tool, and that is a, a lot of knowledge. Uh, yeah, within the department. Yeah, yes. that, I mean, that is just phenomenal. Now, yeah. skills levels, you know, this is quite interesting, you know, but, um, you know, I did my apprenticeship 25 years ago and I can remember we used to make our own fixtures, jigs and, um, and we used to design them too. Mm. Nowadays, you don't see this very often at all. Have you seen a drastic increase over the 18, over, just over 18 years um, at your time at the MG Murray in regards to turnkey solutions or what you would class as kind of a, a collaboration um, in, 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 in a solution that you offer? Yes, not so much in the turnkeys, but in the collaboration with the customer. We, it's a two-way street. We, we give, they give. And at the end, you get the result you're looking for because you're both adding to the pot. It's not just one side or the other. And Steve, it's apparent that you've got you know, very skilled engineers at DMG Mori. But what about the apprentices and, and, and the younger um, kind of engineers that are coming through the business how important is that for you and how are you future-proofing your business i know that uh, mark mentioned prior to this cod, uh, podcast sea loss control and how that, how that really lends itself to the younger generation um you know how are you kind of addressing this well the first thing is that we have a, a great belief in growing our own people organically whether that's through an apprentice scheme 
or whether that's actually employing someone who's we think is in a position where we could mould them into that that position to give them you know better skill sets in general. Um, in the in the case of apprenticeships, they come under Fred. Although we do have also a sales apprentice uh, who's coming under one of the sales guys at the moment as well. Um, and you've got to grow them through because these guys actually come with really fresh ideas, and sometimes they also challenge the challenge the stuff that we don't know you don't know what you don't know so they challenge it and you think well I've always done it like this or well I'll try it a different way so there's a good mixture of people within that team that allows you to do that so you know we have to have we have to look at the age structure we have to understand how that works and what there is in in the way of a succession plan Um, and also the balance of having high quality experience with let's say youth to come through with those you know crazy ideas sometimes i just want to go back to one of the things you also said about fred there about about how we coordinate and collaborate with a customer um one of the things that we've got as a group is dmqp which is dmg mori qualified products and these are companies that we work with so for example if i can mention it renishaw is one um, and then there's a number of tool holding people, there's a number of software people. So these kind of companies that we will work with to collaborate in respects of both technical growth of both products and the application of the products on the machine, but also the quality. And also things like um, delivery and cost, of course, is very important. So we're also looking at getting costs down. So, you know, we can work with some of the companies where we can pass on significant costs onto the customer. Now, Fred will utilise these people within his proposals for new work. Um, and, and therefore, again, it's not only going to the huge database that we've already got of applications work that we've done worldwide and knowledge, but we're tapping into other people's as well. And it's very clear the people we're tapping into. So they get they get preferential treatment from us as well. Steve, uh, with, with a portfolio of over 150 different machines, from additive to, to machine tools, let's say, uh, the software that's behind it, um, the skills that you've got here, and the application people, how can you justify to give a free of charge service for applications? Uh, <laughs> that's a really tricky one because... The, the, the point is you've got to have this, um, you know, the same as a car sh- showroom. You've got to show the equipment. You've got to demonstrate it ably. Um, I think the, the thing with machine tools, it goes a lot deeper. Um, there is a lot more detail involved. And without being disrespectful to the showroom sales guy at, at a car company, our engineers are really highly qualified people. And they've had a lot of training, a lot of effort put into it. Our parts are expensive. Our machines are expensive if you don't demonstrate them, if you don't explain to the customer what the benefits are, if you don't finance it correctly. And what we're looking at is we're looking at repeat business, continual repeat business. You know, the last podcast we spoke about new customers, and we've done very, very well in the last year over that. But actually, they will become our repeat customers as well. So it's really, really important that you give a level of service. You can't go around charging left, right, centre for anything you feel like. You know, they just it, 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 you're not going to survive in the marketplace like that. It is still a competitive marketplace. You've got to do your best. You can't offer everything free of charge. 
there has to come a time when, when there's a cost involved. But, you know, generally speaking, quotations, proposals, advice, um, these kind of things will be free of charge pre-sale of the machine. But then certainly after the machine is sold, that service is for life of the machine. So if somebody wants to contact Fred, and I think we'll go on to that in a minute, how the best way to contact him, contact Fred, and he's, and he's got a programming problem or a tooling problem or a fixture problem, something associated with the machine or the machine itself, then that is a free of charge service that Fred will supply qualified engineers to respond to the customer. Fred, I'm quite interesting to know, you've got 12 um uh, guys which are on, on your team for applications is that because the wealth and number of machine models that you actually sell or is that because there's so many different applications it, whether it's turning uh, whether it's milling or five axes or the materials that you're cutting well it's it's all of those reasons really um, we have an existing database of 9,000 machines in the UK not all of them are new. There, there's so many different models and, and controls and platforms. We can't expect two or three guys to, to manage all of that. So everybody has a skill set. Um, we do a lot of cross-training so that we can support customers with older machines. Um, our, our engineers realistically are always training. Uh, whether they're training customers they're training or training them each other. Fred, you know, you mentioned skill set and, mm. and continual improvement in, in regards to, to training. Is this due to kind of the, you know, ever-growing complexity of components and uh, evolving technology, uh, additive manufacturing? You know, you, you, I suppose, you know, the landscape is always changing. As engineers, we're always learning every single day. You never know everything, do you? That's right. Every day is a school day. Um, <laughs> ev everything that we do, the, the technology that DMG Mori add to their machines year on year, it's it's massive. And what we're we're pushing now with additive, but we're also doing even on multitasking machines, the extra cycles that we're creating. It's a whole new way of making things. Skiving for putting gears on. It's it's a, it's a massive thing. For people that are making millions of components, that is the ultimate. It could save them. It's, it's a game changer. It's continual yeah. um, evolution, and you're at the forefront of that. Is that is that safe to say? I think so, yes. Um, yeah. And ha how heavily do you invest in your kind of training to keep absolutely uh, at the ahead of the game, effectively? Yeah, well, uh, all our engineers... Um, undergo regular training with the academies. There's a series of academies throughout Germany. Uh, Bielefeld is for turning-based products, front-end for milling, um, Stipphausen, Sauer. They're, everybody's got a speciality, but they all run academies. So we knew we were getting this new lathe that Steve was talking about there, the CLX450TC, tool-changing lathe. Before it landed here and we started to set up on it, we ran some workshops online with the academy in Bielefeld so that we knew the technology that was involved, so that we knew to make the most of the technical cycles that that machine can offer. You've got a great job, Fred. Um, brilliant, Fred. <laughs> playing with new toys. Uh, Fred, Fred uh, before I, I move back on to, to Steve and Mark, just one final question. 
give our audience a real great case study, an example of, 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 of application support? Okay, uh, the actual support or do you mean a project? Fred, what about the one we're doing at the moment? We can't mention the company's name, but it's a big five axis machine. Mm-hmm. And they're doing, and we can't mention the application, but yep. The, yep. the collaboration between the two parties, because I've sat on a meeting this morning, has been fantastic. The the, mm-hmm. the the knowledge that the customer has brought about his component and how it's got to be done and the mm-hmm. way that Fred's people have introduced a new manufacturing process and, and, yeah. and of course, Andrew Murray put a new machine tool in there and how that's come together to make the... I think that really sums it up, doesn't it? It does. Mm-hmm. Um, the customer's workforce, I think, um, was of a... Sorry... Highly skilled. Yeah. Highly Highly skilled, skilled, highly experienced, but all coming to the end of their working life. So ultimately, they're they're looking at how can they replace those skills, and pretty much they can't. So what they have to do is replace it with something different to give them the same result, and they do that with the technology that we're supplying. So that technology doesn't work straight out of the box because it's a brand-new technology that we're helping to develop. Uh, with probing cycles, with cutting cycles, and interacting with the customer, corroborating again. Um, and we're only part way through, we haven't finished, um, but it is pleasing to see that we're halfway through and we've had real success in, in just the last few weeks. Yeah, and it's quite a complex part. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not not many tools on the job, is it? But there isn't. But we're chasing microns in three different axes. That as soon as you start doing that, everything yeah. becomes more of a problem. Everything's a problem. Somebody opens a door down the road, it causes a problem. <laughs> yeah, but it's a complex component with, with multi multi opportunities to actually approach. Mm-hmm. But you've got to get it right because it's expensive part as well. Yeah. You know. Big machine, big parts, but also a. a not just machine uh, metal cutting; it's also including grinding and the and the other processes we're talking yes. about. That sounds like an easy job to me, but I'm not an engineer. Well, I'll have a word with the engineer doing it and <laughs> see if he can come back with any comments. <laughs> more, more importantly, though, uh, Fred, is that um, Steve tells me that uh, the, uh, a big percentage of uh, sales over the last year has been new business. But for those engineers that may have older DMG Mori machines, how can they keep in touch with you guys on application? What's the best way? Well, the best way is to use the My DMG Mori portal. That is uh, online. It's uh, free to register. Anybody can, with a machine of ours can register. Uh, as soon as you do that, it gives you the ability to log on and to create what we call a ticket, a problem report, saying, well, for whatever reason, I can't program this profile, for instance. That ticket is then handed to our hotliners, who will look at it. If they can't answer the question, they'll share it out to the, the other members of the team. If they can't answer the question, we go to the factories. But normally, first level, we, we can deal with this. So w- what we do is we will ask the customer to send us uh, more information if he hasn't already attached it we'll ask for the program a copy of the drawing and we'll look at what he's trying to do and we'll show him how we would do it and then we'll send him a response back 
Fred, just want to go back to your answer, sorry, uh, uh, about the kind of um, the application, really. I think mm. it's a great story. And, and I've always said there's so many ways to, to skin a cat in regards to how to make a component. None yeah. of them are right or wrong, uh, or you could make them, you still get the component at the end. It, sound like, it sounds like you've skinned a lot of cats. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, no, it, it's, it's, it's great to see how, how kind of the, the technology is also helping to achieve the results that the customer wants. Now, Steve, mm. you, you touched on, um, evolving technologies um, and it, we, we're getting to the end of this podcast now but I just want to know really in, in regards to applications have you seen a massive increase in regards to um, your clients requesting automation? Yes I mean firstly I want to emphasize that no cats were injured during the skinning all right <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah the, the, the automation is, is growing enormously um, I think that the the UK has got some fantastic opportunities. The the Brexit has actually brought some opportunities. I know there are some difficulties, but actually there's been a I've seen quite a lot of reshoring coming through. Um, but what you might find is that they might want to reshore it from a, a low cost economy, but they don't want to pay any more for it. So you've got to look at it in a different way. So automating it is really, really important. We've got an automation specialist, mm. that, that um, and we've got other people below him that we're training up as well, because that is the way of the future. So automation and digitisation is really, really important. And this actually is where some of the younger blood comes into this, because they come up with these crazy ideas that actually they know better than some of us are old guys. But, um, you know, technology is moving on really, really quickly. Um, Fred mentioned it there. We, we're doing grinding on machines. We're doing subtractive. We're doing um, layering up of uh, materials, so laser deposition uh, on machines, uh, and um, skiving and all sorts of applications. So, you know, and this has all got to be encompassed inside the automation. So we'd, we've just recently... Uh, one a cell where we've got two machines linked with um, with a robot, uh, which will be loading, unloading fairly large components, um, going through a cleaning station, going through an engraving station, uh, and coming out the end. Um, each each particular component will be identified by its number uh, and traceable, um, and and go through a complete automated from blank to finished component. You know so. Automation plays a big part in that. Steve, it's, it's interesting how you've um, changed the perception at DMG Mori over the years. And um, I can see that you, we're doing these podcasts talking about service. Uh, we're talking about applications today. Now, I would imagine that the sales team are so privileged to, to have 12 guys in Fred's team because I don't think you'll be selling as many machines without these guys. Oh, absolutely. But it's the whole package, isn't it, as well? And this is interesting, Mark, from a point of view of why we're doing these podcasts, because there was also 30-odd people which were on the service, which um, the sales guys appreciate as well. And then you've got the people working on the spares, and then we've got people working on the life cycle products, and we've got the apprentices. So, it's, yeah, Fred's team is really important because there's a lot of you know, post-sales, uh, sorry, pre-sales done. Um, and then the post-sales is really important because if a, a particular sales guy said, this is what it's going to do, and it does say that on the on the brochure, that's what we've got to deliver. 
and, and that's what we do deliver. So yeah, it's great to have those numbers. It's great to have longevity with people like Fred. Huge amount of experience he's got. I mean, he's seen machines come and go, software come and go, and and you know understands what's good, bad, and indifferent, and can also operate with his guys on that basis as well. So very grateful to have these guys on board. Um, you know, some of the younger guys, I'm really looking forward to their development as they as they grow with the company, uh, and I hope I can hold on to the older ones as long as possible because they're good guys. Guys, I've really enjoyed this podcast a lot. Um, I've learned a lot, and it's it's been great to meet you, Fred. I think I, I love the fact and, and that well, I love, I've, I've loved the fact and how I've learned um, about how you tackle applications, um, and in regards to the partnership um, side of things, and and kind of the collaboration and working together. I think it's it, it's a great um, team effort that you're all putting together here. And, and again, thank you very much for having MTDCNC at DMG Mori UK. I'm sure that for anyone listening to this podcast, DMG Mori would be absolutely delighted to answer. Um, any of your questions that that you may have and also don't forget to um, visit the dmg mori portal but guys any last thoughts just to wrap this podcast up it's been a pleasure i could go on a lot longer uh, but we've really kind of just about ran out of time now guys but you know i'm sure we'll continue this in in some way shape or form in future podcasts um fred um no it's been a pleasure to meet you both um i hope we can do something again maybe down the road I mean, it's your first yeah. podcast and you've yeah. been an absolute legend so thanks Fred and, and Steve um, any last thoughts yeah I mean I'm really really pleased to have this opportunity to um, expose our company and show people what we're capable of doing so we've done the spares we've done the service we've completed with Fred today on the applications and the next one will be on the life cycle products so I hope the customers are enjoying it Feel free to talk to me direct. I'm open to all sorts of um, opportunities, um, good, bad, and different. And um, hopefully this has helped the customers understand our business a bit better. That's it for me, really. Um, thanks for everyone listening to the MTD podcast in collaboration with DMG Mori on this journey together. Um, and until next week, the MTD podcast. Thanks for listening to the MTD podcast. If you found value in this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. Find more episodes on mtdcnc.com.